Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. This morning, I would like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Acts chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, just by word of uh, introduction here. Um, these verses take place following Paul's three missionary journeys. So if you're familiar with those journeys, he went to uh, Asia and later he went to Greece on these three missionary trips that he went on proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to many of the uh, familiar uh, places that we, we know of, Galatians, uh, think of Corinthians, think of Thessalonica, letter to the Thessalonians. There are so many places that we are familiar with. Paul went and visited on these missionary journeys. And at the end of all this, he decided, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem. Now, on the way back to Jerusalem, there was lots of people warning him, Paul, don't go back. They're going to arrest you. Bad things are going to happen. Even a prophet came and, and took Paul's belt off and put it around his hands and said, this is what's going to happen to you if you go back to Jerusalem. And Paul said, I don't care. I'm going anyway. We're, we're going to go. And uh, when he got there, uh, he went to the temple, of course. And after a little while, he was indeed arrested and he had to be rescued, in fact, by the Roman tribune uh, who had to come and rescue him from the mobs of Jews who were going to probably try to stone him and put him to death. And uh, what uh, the, the tribune did is he ended up sending him up to Caesarea, which is a nearby town from Jerusalem. It was kind of one of the uh, Roman Roman uh, uh, cities there that they would they would use as a starting point. Caesar, Caesarea was named after the Caesars. Uh, uh, and so Felix uh, was the name of the governor there in Caesarea. And so these verses are part of what we call Paul's testimony to the governor, Felix. And that's really kind of a... a uh, fulfillment of the prophecy that Jesus uh, put forth. He told his disciples, you're going to be witnesses to me, to, to governors and to kings and to Caesars. And, and here we see, uh, indeed, Paul uh, witnessing to this governor, Felix, about what he believes. And it's really interesting, these few verses, just what he considers important for Felix to understand. Uh, so we'll read Acts chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. But this I confess to you, says I as Paul, uh, this I confess to you, Felix, that according to the way, which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So this is, you know, this is just a snippet of Paul's entire witness here, but this is what I want to kind of focus in on today. So he talks about this way, and of course this is a reference to Christianity, which was called the way for quite some uh, quite some time in the early New Testament church, no doubt a reference to Jesus' uh, 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 famous saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you were a follower of the way, you were a follower of Jesus. Now the Jews at that time, they called this a uh, sect. They called it a, 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 a group of Jews who did not actually follow Judaism. And so they said, this is a, a outside of Judaism, uh, outside of, of what we believe. But what Paul says is that, is that Christianity is not outside of Judaism, but rather it's a, it's a fulfillment of the Old Testament Judaism. That's what he says. I worship the God of our fathers. He says, I worship the God of the Jews. Um, and I believe that everything laid down by the, pro, by the law written in the prophets. And that's the problem. Is that's what they were accusing Paul of. They said, Paul, this guy Paul, he's coming in. He's saying, all these Old Testament scriptures don't mean anything. Moses is dead. The prophets don't, they don't apply to us today. He's trying to throw everything out. And Paul's saying, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm saying, I believe everything laid down by the law. I believe everything written by the prophets. I have hope in God too. And even these men do, looking to the resurrection of the just and the unjust. 
But what Paul believes, which of course is what we believe, is that Jesus is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament prophecies. He's the fulfillment of the law. Even as the law could not save us, and the keeping of the law could not save it because we were inadequate to keep the law in, our, in ourselves, uh, rather we had to trust on Jesus keeping the law for us and being that perfect sacrifice to take away our sins. And so now we can trust in this resurrection of the just and the unjust. And that's looking to that day when Jesus returns and when those who believe in Jesus are judged just, not based on their merits, but rather on the merits of Jesus and on his work, on the salvation that he won for us. But this resurrection will be also for the unjust. All will be raised. Uh, the whole world will be divided into these two camps, um, the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous, the sheep and the goats. And those who trust in Jesus will go to the resurrection of eternal life. Those who are unjust, those who do not believe, will be brought to the resurrection of eternal death in hell. And that's uh, that's a, the warning that Paul gave to Felix here. And uh, we don't know the effect that this had on Felix's heart. We know that he was looking for a bribe. Uh, we know that his wife was Jewish. Her name was Drusilla. Um, and uh, but, but after um, this brief episode, this witness of two Felix, we don't know whether or not the seeds that Paul planted took root or not, but we certainly pray, pray that they do. And I think Paul gives us a good uh, model for us as we practice our witnessing too, that uh, we speak to people about, yes, the resurrection. And that's really what Christianity and so many world religions try to answer is what comes after this life. And Paul here gives a clear witness that after this, after this life, there will be a judgment, a judgment for the just and the unjust. And only by trusting in Jesus uh, can we be counted among the just. So neat witness here from the Apostle Paul. Anything you want to add to that, Pastor? Not really. You pretty much covered it. Um, <laughs> I think the only thing would be to just say, okay, with the resurrection, well, if we were confident that's going to happen, what are we doing today to prepare for that? And mm -hmm. So I, I like to be able to reflect on the scripture with you. And, and you're right. You know, if there's only one way, how do we stay focused on that way? And it's about staying connected to God's word, staying connected with fellow Christians that are going to help encourage you on that way. And most importantly, staying connected to Christ through the Word and Sacrament, following that way as well. Yeah, one thing I kind of just thought of as we went through this is, uh, you know, there's that reverence to the way, the truth, and the life. And that's kind of a, a neat outline for witnessing if you have the opportunity to, is, is track your way through those. So the way, I'm a follower of Jesus according to the way. You know, he is the only way to heaven, and that's what I believe, that's what I confess. And we find the truth written through God's Word, and that's what Paul brings up next, laid down by the law written in the prophets, the way, the truth, written in God's word, and then the life, the everlasting life that uh, comes through Christ uh, is why I believe uh, uh, in Jesus and what I believe is going to happen to me on the last day following this life. So um, just to, just occurred to me as I read through this, but it seems like Paul was tracking through that same thought, way, truth, and life in his witness to Felix. You should flush that out for a seminar. That sounds good. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the way for us. Thank you for... Uh, carving the path of our salvation. We follow behind you, Lord, trusting not in ourselves, but trusting in your works for our salvation. Bless us this day as we continue to walk as your children. Help us to be lights uh, in this dark world. Help us to be the salt of the earth that doesn't lose its flavor, but rather continues to uh, be separate from the world and yet continue to witness to the world your saving love uh, as revealed through your work, your perfect life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection from the dead. Help us look forward to the resurrection of the just when you will bring us to heaven forever. In your name we pray. Amen.
A uh, number of announcements for you today. Uh, this evening our online midweek Bible class picks up in Mark chapter 14, verse 66, with the denial of Peter. So uh, always a good contrast there between Peter and uh, uh, Judas, whose betrayal we read about last week. Um, I want to continue to encourage you to promote our Vacation Bible School. I think we're around the 60 uh, to 65 mark for registrants at this point for uh, students. Uh, we, we have room for lots more, so please encourage uh, anybody you may know or friends or neighbors, relatives uh, that um, you may be familiar with to register for our VBS. You can go right on our website. It's right on the top banner. Just click on that and you can get signed up. Uh, you can also put up yard signs. We have yard signs still available in the back of the church. Uh, uh, we have door hangers still available in the back of the church. I want to say thank you to anybody who came and helped promote our VBS, promote our school at the parade uh, on the 4th of July up in St. Peter. Uh, there was some rain in the morning, but a little, close to 40 people braved it and uh, Good, good testimony to our, our congregation there uh, on July 4th. They also have the opportunity this coming Saturday, uh, July 9th at 11 a.m. We'll be doing the Fun Days North Mankato Parade. Uh, so hope you can join, plan on joining us for that. Uh, again, that VBS dates are July 18th through the 22nd. So coming up pretty quick here, not next week, but the week after. So please, uh, please uh, keep that in your mind and, and hope you can join us for that. Uh, quarterly voters meeting coming up July 18th. So that's the Monday of VBS at 7 p.m. Uh, that's our, our uh, be our third quarterly voters meeting this year. Um, they take place in January, April, July, and October. Uh, a couple things on the agenda coming up. Uh, we are once again going to address the choir policy. We have a, a subcommittee that's meeting to hopefully uh, bring a proposed choir policy to the voters. We'll see how that goes. Uh, there'll be an update on our financial situation. Pastor and I were just talking, I think in May, we were looking pretty far behind in our finances, but then in June, we were looking quite a bit better. So we'll see where we're at uh, in July. Summer months tend to be a little bit slow as far as uh, offerings, but we'll see see how the Lord has blessed us uh, so far at our meeting. And then also an update on the tuck pointing, which is taking place this summer, um, do, redoing a lot of the brickwork around our building, um, the, the Board of Property, uh, approved through the voters a quite a large investment in that. Um, so we'll check in and see how that's going and maybe some other property updates as well. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's been moving things for floor waxing. The last few weeks we've been getting the uh, high school classrooms waxed once again. Uh, this takes place every summer. We need to move things from, uh, from room to room and out in the hallway. Uh, so thank you for your patience with us as we move things around in the hallway. And uh, uh, we'll need to, I think, move a little bit this weekend and then uh, we'll get the final waxing done next week, and then uh, we'll move everything back in and uh, just in time for VBS uh, coming up that next week. I uh, just want to put on your radar, coming up next month, August 13th, is our next Adopt-A-Highway date. That's Saturday, August 13th at 9 a.m. Uh, that went really smooth last time in June, and we're hoping that it'll uh, work well again. As far as our prayer list this week, uh, we're talk, uh, continuing to pray for Carrie Dale, uh, the Hillary Leon's sister who's dealing with that terminal brain, uh, terminal cancer diagnosis. So we pray the Lord would give her peace and comfort uh, during this, this time in her life. And we also continue to keep Wilton Landon in our prayers as he deals with uh, the complications from t his tuberculosis and, his, uh, and the recent uh, COVID diagnosis as well. For our convention recap today, I'm sitting down with Mr. Matthew Kranz. Uh, Mr. Kranz was on the committee number two, which is a committee on Emanuel Lutheran College. Basically, you guys kind of handle the facility up there. Um, the, the Board of Regents are kind of one of your main 
uh, reports that you guys study and, and work on. So your assignments, the convention work assignments, which were on page four of the prospectus, uh, state that your assignments were the Board of Regents report, everything except for the budget. The budget goes through finance, which is my report, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but you guys did the Regents report, and then also kind of one of the biggest topics of the convention was the uh, report of the building committee, and there were all kinds of different planning committees and, and uh, uh, people working towards what's the, the next step, what's the next project that's going to take place at Emanuel. Um, this all kind of stems from, uh, just to be clear, this stems from a, a large bequest was granted to Emanuel that ended up paying off the academic center. Um, so we had a 30-year loan for the academic center that was paid off in seven years. Um, and there was even additional uh, million dollars, I believe, that was placed into the building uh, fund at Emanuel. And so now that there's one and a half or so million dollars in this building fund, the, nat the natural question is kind of, okay, what's the next step? And so this was uh, the assignment given to the 2021 convention. Uh, the 2021, uh, at tw the 2021 convention, it was reported that we believe the next step is to build a, a, a large gym facility into the hill, kind of where the softball field currently is. Um, the 2021 convention said, uh, we like this idea, but we want to know more about um, the how you plan to create a chapel fine arts center. Um, there's a lot of concern that we were putting sports before uh, anything else. And so what's the next step as well? And so the this year, the planning committee came back with, well, that we would plan on demolishing the current gymnasium and building a chapel slash fine arts center uh, in the place where it is now and connecting it to the uh, uh, the current commons area. So this was kind of one of the main topics you say. So that's all just kind of building up to now. And I'd really like to know, Matthew, kind of what was your what was kind of the main points of discussion on first the Board of Regents report and then also kind of this building project? Sure. Uh, we met, uh, got the group together and met, and we were fortunate enough to have one of the members of that planning committee and also uh, one of some members of the trustee board and also a member of Regents to sit in our meeting. They're able to give them presentations and some more information on all the topics. The first one we really tackled was a request by the Board of Regents um, regarding tuition at Emanuel and without going uh, into too much detail, basically at a prior convention, uh, the 2006 convention, they, I might be wrong about the year, but they had, uh, at, they had directed the Regents to have a set amount uh, a set dollar amount that they could raise tuition each year. And since then, we've had, the Lord has blessed us with other sources of revenue and uh, monies that we can use towards tuition. Uh, but the way that, as far as I understand, the way that the directive is worded, they're kind of, their hands are tied on using those things. So their goal is to uh, decrease the out-of-pocket costs as much as possible, um, even though the initial tuition might look more than Perhaps it has been. So we talked about that. That was pretty cut and dry. Um, and then that was approved. And then there's a small piece of the planning committee. So Pastor Mike Rail came in and gave a, a very well done presentation on the plans. And they had looked at many different aspects. This planning committee really put a lot of time and effort in there. And they looked at building a standalone chapel. They looked at 
um, just a remodel of the commons area into a Chapel Fine Arts Center. They looked at several different options and they, the ones they settled on were the ones that seemed most financially viable. Uh, but what they wanted to do is build a gym facility, a gymnasium facility that would include a weight room, that would include um, enough basketball court for two uh, courts at once and uh, a building that could last for quite some time while also improving what we currently have. And they, you know, there's not exactly unlimited room on campus, so we go into the hill, but we, we can't expand indefinitely. Uh, so they gave what they felt was the, um, the best square footage for that. Mm-hmm. And they looked into remodeling, simply remodeling the current commons area into Chapel Fine Arts Center. That's the way that the current field house is, the current gym. Um, there's a lot that needs to be replaced. The foundation is weak. The walls are nearing the end of their life. The roof needs to be replaced. The ductwork. So quite a bit. They found that it's probably not uh, a feasible option to remodel it. So they presented a plan then that would just we would tear down that part of it and kind of rebuild into a different thing. And within our committee and within the convention, there's a lot of back and forth on, on the plans and uh, the priorities that we did. Uh, but ultimately, it was the, the convention floor voted or approved the plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, with one thing that they would, the financing for both projects would have to be done. Uh, so that the Chapel Fine Arts Center wouldn't be pushed to the side or, or pushed yeah. way down the road. So I think that was really important. Yeah, I think that's a priority that people verbalize that, you know, they want a place where, you know, those those chapels can take place, where even, you know, convention could take place in this Fine Arts Center. And um, it'd be a, a, a high-quality facility that, that a lot of different things could take place in. Yes. Um, <clears throat> convention will still actually... And graduation might still have to be held. Graduation probably, but I think convention, they said it would fit 200 or 280 or something like that. Yeah, I think they counted. Oh. And it was, convention actually, for the service, was well over that. So, oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean, that project's down the year, down sure, the road sure. a few years, so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> one other aspect of that is that the CLC president will appoint a building and a publicity committee, two separate committees. Uh, so... Keep your eyes out for that publicity committee. Spread the word if you can, uh, so that we. The way that this building project will go is that the building won't start until we have sufficient funds in the account, uh, and then you know that that first shovel will break the dirt and yeah. Forward can you kind of answer? You know, that's kind of one of the big questions. Was, well, what is it going to cost? <laughs> can you kind of address a little bit what you learned about that? Because there isn't really a firm number as far as I know, right? Yeah, uh, even within convention, I think prices were changing. Yeah. Uh, the company is Market and Johnson, and I, we've worked with them before. ILC has worked with them before on different things, and they have uh, contingency contingencies built into their their quote. And so the the number they gave us was nineteen five, nineteen million point five, which is a pretty large number. Yeah. Uh, the building committee feels like it that it won't actually be that high. That's just with contingencies, it could be up to that. And again, we don't, with the way that the building market is going, prices are changing a lot. But um, from the 2021 convention, wasn't that number 9.9? Yeah, I think the number 
Well, the, the original gym number was something around six. And then I think coming into this convention, 9.9 was mentioned for both. And now as we're projecting to 2024 as potential start date, now it's that 19.5 or whatever. So yeah, it's it's changed considerably as we've talked. But It has, but uh, you know, again, we're not starting until we have right. the money. Part of this, we will take a loan from the CEF, which uh, would be a $33 million, 30-year loan at 2.5 interest rate to be used in conjunction with the building fund. But again, that won't start until we have the funds. So it would basically be like if in 2024 is our target date, we'll do a $3 million loan. So we'd have to have 12. If it, if at that point it's, they say it's going to cost $15 million, we got to have $12 million ready to Correct. go Correct. in order to – and then that $3 million will finish the, the gap. So, And as I mentioned before, we have $1.5 in the – building fund right now so uh, they're we'll see if the, if the great outpouring comes of offerings and, and gifts and bequests and you know there certainly is plenty of opportunity for people to give here and if that's something that's a priority for people we'll we'll see it come in so that's uh we'll see how it goes i guess that's that's kind of the big question right now is is the money all going to come in for this and if it does wonderful and we'll have new buildings and if not we'll have to meet back in 2024 yeah. and figure out what to do next, I guess. I'm in the Lord's hands now. Yeah. And 2024 is simply the earliest date that we could start. Okay. okay. Um, we're not, I would, it would be incredibly shocking and a huge <laughs> blessing if we were able to start in 2024, but yeah. um, I really have no idea what that yeah. would be like. Yeah. I, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> maybe our children's children will be yeah. able to yeah. get in that yeah. new gym. All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about is there's this thing about the Lowe's Creek parcel. There's like a piece of property that we own across the r river. Did you decide anything on that? Are we selling it or what's, what's the deal with that? So there is a, Emmanuel owns a decent amount of property around the Lowe's Creek area. And there is a plot of land that is inaccessible from campus simply uh, because it's on the other side of Lowe's Creek and we can't build a bridge over it or we have through city regulations mm -hmm. and it's been brought up before so last year in this proposed building plan that was actually part of it it helped make the numbers work a little better in theory um, <clears throat> obviously now that that price is you know double that mm -hmm. it's no longer viable so we were talking about it it came up again and our committee and uh, community members suggested that we should look into it and just see is it something worth talking about still is it something that we should hang on to it's something we even want to sell because it's the nice barrier around the neighborhood. Right, right. And so we brought it to the convention floor asking that the trustees look into it and see okay. if it's worthwhile. So we're going to study it and report back in, in a couple much. years. I'm sure you've had some times down that Lowe's Creek parcel. Yeah, it's it's uh you can get across the river pretty easy. <laughs> pretty easy. <laughs> I don't know what they mean by inaccessible. Like all you have to do is put a swimsuit on. <laughs> Swim down the glass. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. You can only go over there in winter when the river is frozen. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. For that. Anything else you want to add on the on your uh, report there for the committee too? Uh, there was a honor working in that committee. A lot of very intelligent, hard-working committee members there. And it's, it's exciting. I mean, you and I went to Emanuel uh, in that gym. That yep. I'm sure our parents were in that gym. And it's had some better days, so it'd be awesome to have this. But again, yeah. it's up to the Lord, and yeah. we'll trust that he'll do what's best. Absolutely.
Well, now we're going to flip it around a little bit. Um, uh, I've been interviewing uh, our other delegates. Now Matthew's going to interview me. Uh, I was on committee number five, which is the committee on finance. Uh, my father-in-law, Pete Sitto, was the chairman of the of the finance committee, so I was assigned uh, the role as chaplain. So that was my job <laughs> to be to be the chaplain. Uh, I uh, wasn't able to attend the comp- the convention the whole time. I had to come back due to a a uh, uh, emergency among our members here at a at a situation with one of the uh, a death in a family member here uh, at Emanuel. So I wasn't there the whole time, but I can hopefully try to report kind of what our main our main issues were here. So I'll let Matthew interview me here. He must have. Uh upset Pastor Eichstead if you're under your (laughs) father-in-law. According to my research that I just looked on the perspectives, Mm -hmm. you had three topics, report on the CVP and recommended fiscal year 23 budget, the Board of Trustees report, and the Compensation Committee report. Um, Do you cover all three of those things? Yep, so we did them all. So basically we take a look at what's the overall budget for uh, the entire synod for our synod work. So again, this all comes in from uh, uh, um, the mission offerings that we give. So there's a couple of different sources of income. So when you give to uh, when you give to the CBP, so the Cooperative Budget Plan, this is is money that comes from every single one of the congregations in the CLC, and we put all our money into a bucket together. That's one of the sources of income for the synod, and the other source of income, and then is tuition at a, at Emmanuel in Eau Claire, also goes into this this great big. Uh, 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 bucket that money comes from. So uh, the proposed budget from the Board of Trustees was just over $2 million. It was $2,028,000. Uh, um, that's what they proposed. Uh, but then what always happens in convention is here's the proposed budget and then there's like six things where people are like, well, we want to do this project and we want to do this thing and we want to do that thing. And so then what ended up happening is we increased it by about $37,000. So what happened is the Board of Trustees proposed, um, here's what we believe, uh, here's what we think we should pay synod called workers so synod called workers are basically the professors um, so there's 12 professors at Emmanuel. there's the uh, missionaries so we have two missionaries Todd Oman and Peter Evenson and then there's also it also affects um, what we call domestic missionaries or it'd be pastors who are mis- or pa- pastors who are pastors at churches that are subsidized by the CLC so um, when we give money to the CLC as a synod Sometimes the CLC as a synod gives money to smaller congregations who can't quite support a full-time pastor by themselves, but are working towards that goal. So we have four of those as well. And so one of the requirements is if you're going to be on subsidy from the CLC, you have to be able to, uh, you have to pay your pastor such and such an amount. And that's what we set. And so what we said was what happened is there was the board of trustees said, let's increase uh, 4%. Uh, but what we as a group looked at, at when we looked at the, the, uh, Inflation rates this year, inflation's at something like 8%, cost of living's up 8%. Um, then we looked at what the, there was a compensation committee that was assigned the job of looking at kind of what the average income for someone should be in the Eau Claire area, because uh, it's mostly the professors we're talking about here. And given their, given their education level, given the work that they do, what would the average uh, income be? And they recommended increasing around 12% their salary uh, this year. And so what we decided to do is kind of split the difference. So rather than 4% as the trustees recommended, rather than 12% as the, uh, as the compensation committee recommended, we went with about 8%. So it was about $220 a month increase for these called servants. 
kind of hitting that 8% cost of living uh, uh, inflation increase that's taking place. Because really, if you think about it, if the cost of living goes up 8% and you only give them a 4% raise, they're really getting a decrease in salary. And so that's what we decided to do as a as a uh, as the trustees or as the board of the floor committee on finance, and then of course the uh, the convention uh, approved our resolution to increase the budget uh, that much. Um, other than that, uh, we kind of had a uh, 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 we decided not to keep increasing retirements so over the last I think five years or so. We've been increasing. Uh, retirement contribution, the recommended retirement contribution uh, for our called workers. Um, so, uh, but this next coming year, 2023, it's going to increase to 220 bucks a month, and we're going to say that's good enough for now. We'll leave it there, and we'll uh, keep reevaluating every couple of years. And then we also finally, uh, uh, there was a board historically in the CLC known as a foundation board, and so it's basically when money comes in, if someone, if somebody dies, what's called a bequest. If someone says, I'm going to give my estate, I'm going to bequest $10,000 to Eau Claire, to ILC, but there's no like specific thing they want to do with it. The foundation board was like the, 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 uh, the committee that said, okay, we're going to decide what to do with all these bequests. But last year convention, um, they, uh, the convention established a general fund endowment. So it's going to be this big bucket of money that grows interest every year. And the interest from that just goes to the general fund uh, of the CLC. And what they said was, let, let's let all these bequests um, that come in without specific designation. So if you have a bequest and you want to give it to the building fund, it goes to the building fund. But if you send one in and you just say, I'm giving this to ILC, then it goes to this general fund endowment. And uh, uh, because those bequests are going there now instead of this foundation uh, board now, we uh, decided we'll, uh, there's no reason for this foundation board to exist. So we basically, we dissolve the foundation board with thanks. We put the remaining balances into the uh, uh, general fund, and we also actually gave some of the money to the uh, this new school uh, committee that's working to start schools in the CLC too. So uh, we'll talk more about that in upcoming upcoming uh, discussions on on the uh, convention recap. But that's all I got, I think, on the finance. Anything else we should add here, Mr. Kranz? Uh, not that I can think of, especially if we have other. Just come in to speak about them. Yep. Hate Stealer Thunder. Yep. So we've done Committee 2, Committee 4, Committee 5 so far. So we'll pick up the rest next week. I've been scheduling with those guys. So uh, hopefully we'll, in the next two weeks, we'll do the remaining four uh, committees. So uh, thank you, Mr. Krantz. Appreciate your time and God bless your day. Thank you. You too. Our hymn of the day today is hymn 350 in the Lutheran hymnal. Jesus, the very thought of thee with sweetness fills the breast but sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest. Nor voice can sing, nor heart can frame, nor can the memory find a sweeter sound than thy blessed name, O Savior of mankind. O hope of every contrite heart, O joy of all the meek, to those who fall, how kind thou art, how good to those who seek. But what to those who find, ah, this, nor tongue nor pen can show, the love of Jesus, what it is, none but his loved ones know. Jesus, our only joy be thou, as thou our prize wilt be. Jesus, be thou our glory now and through eternity. Amen.